Hello and welcome to Canoeing Quest episode 220. I'm your host, Mike FCK Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, more cautious than my co-host, David McCurney, Vampire Master. And getting lunch ready over in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaiji Minokatari. Yay! Lunch. I'm not going to love this week either. Oh well. Uh, we'll assume it's either two nineteen or two twenty. It is two twenty, two nineteen. I was trying to post before this episode went up, and then the site was down. So. Okay, so the site is going to be down this week. That's, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's, uh, it's, so. up and it's down, and there are very few comments of any sort for the last week. Wow. Well, so. I'm glad someone was checking. Okay. <laughs> Am I playing? Yeah. Uh, you two are going to decide. Am I playing as Finn, Jake, Marceline, or Cinnamon Bond? I'll throw each Cinnamon Bond. But I don't want to play Cinnamon I have Bond. no idea who any of these characters are. So, Adventure Time? Um, which, what are we talking about? Adventure Time. I still don't really know who any of these characters Ugh. are. So J- Finn is a human, Jake is a stretching dog, Marceline is a vampire, and Cinnamon Bond is a Cinnamon Bond. Cinnamon bun. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I, I always choose the cinnamon buns when I can because they my are... wife hates cinnamon, and um, so oh, I, I just I enjoy I enjoy it whenever she's not here. Pretty much. If I can find them. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, what have we been playing? Wheels is adjusting streams. <laughs> uh, I have been playing. Um... Pokemon Unite. It's not, uh, technically an R- it's not technically an RPG, but it's RPG adjacent. What if we put the worst thing about real-time strategy games together with the worst thing about team-based uh, first-person shooters? Yeah, but it doesn't feel like necessarily that like that because like I play it with a controller instead of stupid mouse or touchscreen controls. So it's it's the the better MOBA, and also I mean, it's Pokemon, and also uh, the matches are quick. Yeah, we were discussing this before the stream, but I just remember anytime I hear someone's playing League of Legends, it's like, oh, they're going to be there for an hour and a half for some reason. Yeah. So, uh, good on them for understanding that every other MOBA's matches are way, way, way too long. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Not, not for me, but it sounds like you're having a good enough time. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. Uh, lots of people seem to be playing it, so you know it's, yeah. it's a good time. A lot of people are playing this Pokemon game. We've gotten Pokemon. gotten recently far in the ranked mode and starting to starting to get a better feel for it. Although uh, anyone that was watching in the stream before podcast recording saw me try a new character in ranked which is not a very good idea bad idea from just like you shouldn't have taken experience to tell you that was a bad idea yeah uh 
Yeah, but as for actual RPGs, I've been playing Monster Hunter Stories 2, which continues to be awesome. I've played a bit of Neo The World Ends With You. It's also rad so far. Up your eyes tomorrow. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. I've heard random people complaining because random people complain. Can't believe it. People complain about everything. Yeah, exactly. People complaining. I mean, it was just a random thing I saw in passing on Reddit. So you know what? Take that with it. Oh, the level of discourse you're dealing. Grain of salt. (laughs) Yes. Like I said, some people will complain about anything. People complain about Ghostbusters, a series that's not supposed to be taken seriously. Let's not mm-hmm. talk about Ghostbusters. I'm officially banning Ghostbusters. No, no, because I, I, no, no. I'm unbanning Ghostbusters. Just for, just for this one week. We yes, play. yes. Yes, all the well, movies. I, I, I did like it when they were riding around coffee with the gorilla. Yeah, all, all okay, the movies. Your, even All the movies yes. are fun, even two, which is terrible, but it's amusing. But just shut up, people. That's that's my that's my whole point. Yeah, please shut up. Okay, we're 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 allowed. We're I'm allowing this discussion. <laughs> like, people, <sighs> a new good or bad movie will not affect your uh, the movie that you watched way too many yes. times. To child, I would If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it and shut the f up, please. Yeah. Uh, you idiots almost made me miss the extremely enjoyable Femme Busters. Just a rockin' good time. Call, I think, might have been an yes. official subtitle. Was that officially the subtitle, or was that just a tag? I think that was the official subtitle. That movie was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I should watch it sometime. Yeah, highly recommended. Yep. Yeah, so did you catch the opening games for the Olympics? I mean, the opening ceremony? Uh, I saw what was there. I didn't watch it live, but I did see what was there. I have it taped. Well, my wife had it on for a little bit while we were putting the girls to bed that evening, and I was just looked <laughs> up from the table and I was like, "That's the Dragon Quest Overture they're playing." What? And unfortunately, I, I didn't actually get to listen to the rest of the sequence or recognize any of the, of the songs. Um, I did see the playlist later and was like, "Oh, they've got two Chrono Trigger songs on this list." Yep. And I thought that was uh, kind of interesting, considering it's a game that has not actually been published in the last decade and more on anything. Uh, so, Steam, uh, Steam and mobile actually had uh, ports within the last decade, but yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of curious now why they. I mean, I don't argue with them including Robo and Frog's themes in different spots of this montage, but. I'm just kind of curious why they why Square Enix went with those songs. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just given like a list of like please let us use these tracks and they were just like sure. Yeah. Here's everything. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to I'm I'm kind of curious to see who came up with that list and how. Yeah. I assume a huge nerd. Yes. Of course and I was also not Unfortunately, not too terribly I'm surprised to see that there was a small contingent on Twitter that were really, really upset about the Dragon Quest Overture being on there. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? It's Troichi Sugiyama. Uh, oh, the, uh, right. Composer, yeah. okay. the composer has not gotten any nicer in his senility. 
Yeah, he like every every time that he opens his mouth, he becomes he, he just makes it clear why people want him to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> on the plus side, this ended up in this resulted in a very interesting conversation with a student on Saturday concerning art versus artist. Interesting. With the point being that most Japanese people don't know who wrote that song. And they don't care. <laughs> they know it is the Dragon Quest song. I feel and like... So, this... uh, oh, and this one student speaking for most of his year at university, for the guys, mm -hmm. was talking about how... I mean, the song is, for them, first of all, quintessentially Japanese. Mm. And second, just like the... the sonic image of adventure and starting new things. Mm -hmm. And so they were all very, very happy that it was on. Mm. They thought it was awesome. I do feel like the second that Tsuyama passes away, Square, will, Square Enix will do everything in its power to obtain just essentially the rights to all of that music that Tsuyama technically maintains copyright on. Like, they will probably wheel out however much money to his estate to get those copyrights. And it will, I mean, it will be worth it. it I mean, it won't oh, yeah. quite be on the same level as getting the Beatles um, bibliography, but or discography. But it's going like, to be up it, there. It's going to be, it's going to be huge, and it's also just going to make sure that they never have to worry about the soundtrack rights or anything relating to composers. Yeah. <laughs> And that's I mean, uh, very much something they would like. <laughs> this is one song in particular. I mean, I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this song has reached a level of cultural awareness in Japan where it's replacing things like Mozart for string quartets. <laughs> I'm not joking here. It's like a couple of years ago, I was watching this, like it was the Japanese equivalent of Law and Order as a movie series. I mean, as far removed from video games as you can get and as serious as you can get, the, um, the main producer and head star of the show is this very old conservative Japanese guy who has been known to fire his co-stars um, over differences of opinion, and he can because he pretty much owns the series. <laughs> and so it was this one scene that was a fancy social gala that they had to visit to follow up an investigative lead, and the string quartet was playing the Dragon Quest Overture in the background. <laughs> It was like, it was just there. It was, it's part of the background of the country at this point. Mm. No. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I would have been more shocked if they hadn't found a way of including it somehow in the Olympic Games. Mm. No. Did we just get a new follower on the RP Gamer channel? Oops. I wasn't, Can you uh, check that I chat? was briefly checking something. That's uh, fine. Let's see. Thank you for following uh, avocado woo. Mm, avocado. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, I've been playing Great Age Attorney Chronicles. Yay! It's so good. Localization's top-notch. Uh, I want to briefly talk about one of my favorite things that I've noticed about it. Like, uh, it, it amuses me that for thematic reasons, the game uses primarily uh, Commonwealth English spellings. Uh, but also, 
so in the uh, Japanese version, a lot of the characters' names were uh, in the English section of the game, uh, like the London section of the game, were uh, they were Japanese puns rendered out using English sounding names. Hmm. Such as? need to pull some of these up because it's been quite a while since I've looked at them. Give me a moment. Uh, but, like, that was kind of the concept behind, like, how they were going to do, like, name jokes uh, when all the characters were supposed to have their own name. Let's see if I can pull some of these up. Uh... Find some of these. So it's stuck. Okay. Yeah. So like one of them. Uh, like some of these, like you can tell they're nonsense names in English, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter because like the the point is that they sound. They don't sound Japanese. So like there's mm -hmm. one character in the Japanese version named like uh, Kozni Magundal. <laughs> and it is a weird it's apparently it's supposed to be Kozeni uh, Megundeiru uh, Megundeiru uh, Megundeiru something like penny pinching? yeah yeah it's, it's about spare change basically but like they they did that kind of shit like that was how they uh, did the name so the English version seemingly decided that Tarkbot was fair play so the unimportant like the one Case like joke Japanese characters have names like uh, there's one that's like a that like this soldier who's named like Iesu Iesa Nosa mm -hmm. and his child Ido Nosa. <laughs> so they they just sort of like was they they just sort of took the exact same approach but in the opposite direction. So that was that was very cute to me when I noticed it because like I saw the I saw the English names and I was like that is absolutely not what their names were in the Japanese version. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't remember what their names were, so I just I put it out of my head. Like it was less, it was also one of those things where it's like this name is not a Japanese name that you would actually have. To be but, fair, yeah. neither are a lot of names that you would find in a Japanese video game to begin with. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it's like it it doesn't sound quite like a Japanese name. It has it has sort of like the uh, not really shape, but like the the basis of a Japanese name, but like not actually the sound of one, even in a fictional context. And it really contrasts heavily against the names that they obviously didn't. Uh, change because they're you know like uh, they're they're primary characters so like uh, Ryunosuke uh, is you know like you probably wouldn't see a lot of Ryunosuke's running around but like that is more obviously like just a name <laughs> so yeah so that's that's been fun uh, the port is really good uh, it's got some really just fantastic animation going on like when they when they did when they switched to 3d models for uh ace 25 uh dual destinies they 
it was done essentially as much out of necessity as anything else. Like it just it just made more sense. And the games did not use the fact that they were in 3D very much. It just like it was just using the 3D uh, essentially uh, because it made more economic sense to do so. Uh, but Great Ace Attorney uh, makes much more heavy use of like. Well, we have models now, so it makes more sense to have, like, bespoke animations for very specific moments or, like, uh, camera pan and that sort of thing. So, like, uh, they really use it a lot in the first case because Ryunosuke is both uh, defense and defendant and not actually seemingly a law student. Uh, huh. He has, like, he has his law student uh, best friend uh, give acting as, like, his... Uh, co-counsel, but officially he is his own defense attorney. Uh, and so the entire time he is just, uh, not the entire time, I should say, as the trial goes on, he eventually, like, loosens up and becomes more, like, uh, confident in his abilities to, like, at least point out where someone is, like, obviously lying or uh, is making a contradictory point, but uh, at the start of the case, he is just, like, the animation is so good at conveying he is stiff as a board, completely, like, wide-eyed, uh, staring at, uh, <laughs> staring in deference at the judge. Uh, it's, it's very, he's very silly looking the entire time throughout the first, like, half of the trial. And, uh, it's, it's just communicated so well, uh, visually what they're going for the character in a way that I don't think... Uh, many games animation uh, is as good at conveying that kind of like character just through the visual. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, the the first case, which is the only one I've had the time to fully go through, is uh, one of the best first cases in the series. Uh, which is deceptively hard to do because like it's it's very easy to make an easy Ace Attorney case. Uh, but uh, in terms of making one that is actually exciting to watch play out uh, while still being an easy enough case for a player who's never seen any of them to get through with minimal difficulty, like, it's, it's kind of a brilliantly designed case for that. Uh, and uh, somehow it managed... <laughs> it does... Uh, there, there was... Uh, a slightly spoilery uh, for the first case uh, Sherlock Holmes reference that I think is very funny that is also difficult to bring across every part of the joke in translation they they couldn't completely do it but they uh, they did what like they had to sort of leave the name as it was just because there's it's such a specific and direct reference uh there is a Sherlock Holmes character. Uh, well, there's not a Sherlock Holmes character. Uh, beloved uh, assistant to Holmes, uh, uh, John Watson, is introduced as uh, having been in an Anglo-Afghan war. And yeah. uh, was taken out of commission by a Giselle bullet, which a Giselle was like a, a a kind of long rifle that was very common during that war. Uh, 
so uh like minor spoilers this is revealed within the first few minutes of the game and was revealed by uh pre-release material in i believe both english and japanese but uh the first victim is john watson <gasps> oh no and uh the one of the, one of the people running around in this case uh is named Giselle Brett. So the idea of John Watson may have been killed by a Giseo Bretto is very funny to me. But is essentially very difficult to communicate and also runs into the issue that the character's name is also a reference to Jeremy Brett, <laughs> the uh, man who played Sherlock Holmes in the most complete attempt to uh, make a televised version, a televised adaptation of all of the Sherlock Holmes stories. And so they just sort of had to, like, they gave up on the Giselle Bullet uh, as, as a full name, like, because obviously that name would be insane to begin with. And so just named her Giselle Brett and kept as much of the joke as they could. <laughs> But just just one of those things where it's like everything about these names are insane, and uh, it's Herculean and heroic every time that they manage to get uh, to do as well on these localizations as they do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go play it. It's only forty dollars for two games worth of cases. That's like a lot of game, actually. That's not bad. But yeah, so, uh, and it also comes with all of the DLC that was released for the game in Japan. So, in general, it's just, it's just a very nice collection. Uh, because the games, uh, do not have a lot of, uh, computational complexity, they were already some of the best looking 3DS games ever released, because it was just like, well, all of the, all of the 3DS and, like, uh, power was being put into uh, models and animation. So, uh, uprising them, they look really, really nice on the Switch screen. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's really good, and it requires no foreknowledge of the prior games because it's a it's a weird spin-off prequel that has nothing to uh, logically do with them, other than that it's heavily implied that uh, Ryunosuke is. Uh, Phoenix slash Ryuichi's uh, distant ancestor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I recommend it. This is my like desperate attempt to sell this series to uh, anyone listening. <laughs> Sorry, what series were we talking about again? I will throw you <laughs> into the sun. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, great Ace Attorney Chronicles available now for your PlayStation 4, Switch, or Steam. Not my Xbox? Mm. Not your Xbox. Mm. I want you to sit there and explain to me what you think the Xbox audience is for a Japanese-style adventure game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Non-existent? Sometimes those kinds of games show up later, so maybe, but... 
currently PS4 Switch Steam. I think the the trilogy collection of one through three did eventually show up on Xbox, which the fact that this is not like it might show up later because I think that might have as well, but the fact that they didn't prioritize it tells yeah. me that they, the trilogy probably sold worse yeah, there. Yeah, they are there because I saw them on sale the other day. Yeah. But, you know, that it's, it's just a joke because I'm not going to buy this anywhere. It's just not, it's not me. It's, it's, it's not, for not for me. I think they look awesome and I love, like, the, the, puns and jokes and stuff I've seen coming out from the series and I've given it like the best try I can but it's just not for me but yeah I'm sorry that you broke I, it but I appreciate its existence well maybe maybe I'll try this one maybe we'll no nah, don't 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 waste your money man. okay you're not gonna enjoy it don't uh, don't feel obligated to keep some money yeah I mean I should just I need to need to play the world ends with you because I think it may be in contention for RPG of the year if it's as good as the early bits are making me think it will be and uh, same day same day wild gotta see what else I don't know what else is coming out this year that might be in contention too uh, oh Shin Megami Tensei 5 yeah that'll be a big one and maybe Tales but probably not because it's Tales yeah, it should be good though. I, oh I've yeah, been I'm more sure it'll confident be good. in that. I've been more confident in that since they've started showing more of it. I was very skeptical of the first trailers of Tales of Horizon. But yeah, I don't know if uh, if it go if Greatest Attorney Chronicles ever goes on sale, I might uh, point you at it. And then... Okay. But I do want to bring up the other thing that was that made me happy about it, which is that it's the first game in the franchise to get. A U.S. physical release since uh, Ace Attorney Investigations Miles Edgeworth in 2010. Is it physical release on Switch and PS4? Or is one of them digital only or anything like that? I or believe is... it's physical on both. Because I definitely nice. have the physical Switch version. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's, yeah, uh, I'm having... A great, great time with it. Very excited to play more of it. Uh, I played the first few cases in Japanese, then I played the first few cases in the fan translation. And I kept wanting to do more, but like hoping that there would be an official localization. Because, like I, I've mentioned before the podcast, the fan translation was a good fan translation, but it was not up to the uh, level of quality that the uh, official. Uh, localization was or uh, the official localizations are so uh, just sort of uh, hoping to see that uh, happen and it actually did so yeah now's my chance nice it's the huh I'm looking it up uh, greatest turning chronicles is not list PS4 is not listed on Amazon. Weird to me. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, it's definitely on the PlayStation 4. Uh, it's definitely on the P PlayStation Store. Okay, yeah, it's it's somewhere. Uh, but 
for whatever reason, uh, not on Amazon for some reason. Extremely strange. Mm-hmm. However, this thing that I was, uh, while I was looking for it, I saw someplace listing it as an RPG, which means legally I'm no longer, uh, at fault for having made this strange digression into a game that's more fit for an adventure corner. <laughs> well, I mean, adventure corner is a thing on the website that this I know, podcast that, that posted on, so totally acceptable. Also, I just yeah. talked about a MOBA, so Who yeah, that's, that was anything? a much greater, much greater scene. Well, over here, I've just been messing around with different little games. Mm-hmm. And one of the items that I picked up at the same time as Grandia, because I had some extra yen left over on the Switch account, Yeah, was a little Falcom title called Sorcerian. Ooh. Oh, that's an old one. <laughs> yeah, it's apparently one of the better... It's a port of one of the better versions of the game. Interesting. Because there were apparently like three or four. I mean, there's Falcom in the 80s. Um, yeah. In early nineties. Uh, I'll be right back, guys. So, Keep um, going. So yeah, so Sorcerian. How do we describe this? It is um, like a love child of East and Wizardry as a side-scrolling action RPG. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to hear. Uh, it does pick my interest, though. <laughs> yeah, you you can create your own party. Mm-hmm. As many of them as you want, actually, but you can only take three or four on any given mission. Um, mm-hmm. Basic wizardry style um, class choices. Uh, fighter, fighter, sorceress, dwarf, and elf. Like you do. And, um, <laughs> you mostly attack stuff by running straight into it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's east for you, so I suppose that's that yep. part of the lineage. Yep, and it's mostly running around in a side-scrolling environment trying to figure out which plot um, uh, plot tokens to grab first. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I found out why I couldn't find the uh, physical PS4 version of uh, Great Age Attorney Chronicles in the US. Does not exist? Yeah, there, it exists in other territories. There is no physical version as far as I can tell. Uh, for yeah, that's weird. I would not have guessed that. Sorry, didn't mean to digress. No worries, no worries. But yeah, that's the most recent one, and I was considering starting something else. I've got some random games here. Um, for Princess Night Story was one I was considering hmm. as a stra- as a tactical game. Nice. Just because it's one of the few Switch games that has not been considered for a port to America in any, in the years since it was first released, so it's kind of a let's see what it's like. Kind of, kind of one of the things you bring to the site, Mike. Well, someone's got to play the weird Japanese games. Yep. Yep. But uh, somebody's got to do it. You are right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I just feel like the hipster on the site, but you know what? I don't care. Because I know I'm not. 
Someone someone has to do it anyway, so... Mm. You're really just providing a service. <laughs> That's right. What is he doing? Uh, playing uh, a Japanese Switch game. Contemplating playing a Japanese Switch game that uh, does not seem to be being brought over after uh. over the course of a few years, which... Yeah. Uh, also, Wheels, while you were gone, I found out that apparently the... At least in the U.S., the physical version of Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is a Switch-only game. It's weird. Yeah, that threw me. That was not something expected. The only thing I can think of is that it the physical... Not physical. The download of the Ace Attorney trilogy, I think, did best on Switch, so that's the only reason I can think of as to why they did that. I can uh, see it, but it's just, like... I'm sure printing physical copies of a PS4 game is not that expensive. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm sure no they have a good reason. I'm just glad there was any physical release. And it was at least the version I would have bought anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better to be able to play these on a portable where you can just flick them open like a good book that you're halfway through reading. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Wheels, I am sorry to announce that somebody else must have bought that copy of Mugen's Soul uh, Z Special oh, Edition. I don't know, I'm so, I'm so sad. I know you were heartbroken. Whatever will I do? Someone else bought it and is sending it to Wheels. Oh, God, God damn it, that's right, I still have a digital copy of that thing. Uh, <laughs> stupid PS Plus. Mall. Why was that a PS Plus game? Why? It was very cheap. Like, Compile Heart would have taken any amount of money for it, and Sony wanted to fill out a list. Ugh. <laughs> Dislike. Whoops. Just used my, used my cinnamon bun super accidentally. Also, as of like five minutes ago, it's my birthday in real time. So. Happy birthday! Hooray, let's not get sued. Lisa, Wait, no, they, that actually finally went out of... Happy birthday, Lisa. Wait a um, now, now we're getting sued for a number of reasons. Yes. Also, my name's not Lisa, just for... Just <laughs> Technicalities. Um... <sighs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, so, moving on, moving on. Uh, we got an ungodly number of questions from Fire Miner. I mean, that's We're... the normal number of questions from Fire Miner. He's doing, no, the... No, just... He's doing the Lord's work. Mm -hmm. I, I just appreciate that uh, he also did the <laughs> did us the kindness of just putting them in a dock to begin with this time. <laughs> Oh, I, except I don't actually have Microsoft Word on my computer, so... Well, you should be able to open it. that and like, I, anything. I, I technically have it, but I don't have it unlocked because they added this DRM to it sometime in the last two generations, and uh, so I can't. it's in read-only mode for me now. Pretty yeah, sure you I'll, could I'll read... keep track of what we've done. Pretty sure you could read yeah. that in Google Docs if you upload it to Google Drive. Okay. Oh, probably. I mean, I could probably open it up and... Uh, open office. Open office as well. And just it's 
To be honest, uh, an RTF file is a lot more convenient to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, alright. Let's go at some of these questions. Uh, there are dungeon crawlers made by hardcore fans. One of these, which one's the most sadistic? You're asking the wrong person. Who else do you know? Uh, You're more I mean, of a dungeon crawler. I, I don't guy. really play, like, fan-made dungeon crawlers, because they're usually, like, trash garbage. <laughs> um, Four ones... For ones that were officially released, I would probably have to go with Unchained Souls. Unchained Blades? Oh, God. Or Unchained Blades, yeah. That was, that was a mean game, which definitely made oh, people who oh, wanted a oh, mean dungeon. Oh, oh, oh. oh, what was that yeah. stupid wizardry like that I reviewed on the PSP? Dark, no, it. not Dark Spire, then. No, uh, um, Demon Eyes? Uh, no, no, I actually like that one. Demon Gaze? Okay. No, I actually like Demon Gaze. Uh, that one was great. The the battles take like two seconds. Oh wait, I can't um, look at them. Uh, Elmanage, Elmanage original. Oh, Elmanage. Yes. Elmanage games. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the type of dungeon crawler where they have you know like the old D and D mechanic where you can get level drained. Level drain is yes. just too mean of a mechanic to survive yes. in any game that I want to actually play. Evil. That that was uh, one of the, my the, one of the things I did not like about Soul Hackers was that there were three enemies in the game that could in fact level drain you. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. Markers of like Loki because Loki is bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that the succubus could level drain male characters and demons. The incubus could do it for female characters and demons, and Loki could do it for everybody. Nice. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I think sounds like it would make him very obnoxious yeah. to fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could only drain you back to your, like, your last previous level, I think. So, you didn't That's actually lose too much. You couldn't lose just... too much. Yeah. It's just demoralizing. <laughs> very. Uh, that game was incredibly demoralizing. In fact, the reason my entry in Odyssey backlog is piled so high is because of that stupid game. Just put me out of the mood for playing anything like that for a while. So yeah, PSA folks, don't play terrible wizardry clones. It's not good for your health, uh, mental or otherwise. One other thing I'm thinking about while I'm, because I'm still idly uh, messing with uh, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, I like the localized name they came up with for what to call, uh, like, what were variously called, like, joint reasoning. Like, these things where you where you help uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, avoid going into wild, uh, implausible theories, uh, which got, uh, the mechanic's name got localized as the Dance of Deduction. I will Dance of deduction. Excuse me, I'm busy yeah. firing a kitten yep. gun at a demon cat. That, that seems as a giant cinnamon roll. I wonder how you didn't want to be cinnamon bun, the giant cinnamon. Yeah, this is actually pretty fun, and his super gives drops health items. So 
This was the correct choice. Thank you. Let's go wow. eat cinnamon bun. <laughs> I was like, my the like when I was watching the first couple seasons. That is the line that stuck in my head the most. It's the idea of, <laughs> Let's of go eat cinnamon a, bun. <laughs> like eating a person out of vengeance <laughs> is a lot to process in any context. Yeah. So many like weird, random, off-putting things in that show. Like anything involving lemon grab. Oh yeah, lemon grab is deeply upsetting. Yes. Hundred years tension. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, we haven't played any of the fan uh, dungeon crawlers. I'm sure that there are just truly hellish, like wizardry rom hacks that no one should play. Mm-hmm. But. Among among our experience, Wheels offers Lemonade, and uh, Gaijin offers Unchained Blades, both of which I heard nothing but uh, the dense cruelty that was used to create them, so I'm willing to believe them. <laughs> I mean, Unchained Blades wasn't that bad in some aspects, it was just that it had maybe one-tenth of the story that it needed to fill its dungeons. <laughs> you had to be just in it for, like, I'm just dungeoning yeah pretty much um i've played entire games that were shorter than some of those spot, um, later dungeons yeah. well that's hellish um <laughs> don't want to think about that one bit uh that's to hit one that i think we might all have at least some kind of different answer for uh, which RPGs do you think are just an adventure game in disguise? I mean, there are lots of games that are just adventure games in disguise. Can we be more yeah, specific? Definitely. I was thinking about, like, how... Uh, like, we, we treated uh, something like uh, Moon Ray Remixed RPG Adventure as though it were an RPG, even though it's absolutely just an adventure game. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that this is one of those things that's like it's it's interesting to uh, think about because like uh, would Quest for Glory count as an answer for this? I mean, kind of? Quest for Glory although that's more of a direct hybridization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it very much is an RPG. All of them. Yeah, so, it's just that it's hybridizing in. Yeah, it's just that it's hybridizing in elements that are more traditionally associated with point-and-click adventures. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean it's a point-and-click adventure that hybridizes in RPG elements. Yeah. So, yeah. Split, splitting hairs slightly, but yeah, you're correct. More correct. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, that that is how it came to be, is because that's what Sierra yeah. produced originally was all point Yeah, and it was originally HeroQuest. But... Until there was hmm. a copyright issue with a board game. Yeah. I like that. Board it's very. No, uh, I've heard nothing. I heard it was a very good uh, board game, but it's yeah, good. Uh, it's, I mean, one it's of very similar to like... why Dragon Quest became Dragon Warrior for a while. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if I were to like broaden this into things where I feel like it's the uh, aspects I would more associate with adventure game, that. Uh, buoy up the RPG elements. I would think of something like, I would say Earthbound uh, actually is mm. a game where the things about it that 
uh, I would associate with adventure games, like the wild puzzles, the crazy dialogue, the general like uh, tone and emotionality. I would associate more with what I see in adventure games, and I think that they're very much the stronger part. Mm. Um, the latter Persona games. Hmm. That's fair. There's definitely some hybridization of like adventure and social sim. Uh, yeah, not some. It's like I've played um, adventure, Japanese adventure games that basically were Persona without the battles. <laughs> and it's not that big a difference. Hmm. I do feel like uh, the Persona 5 makes a strong case for the RPG parts just by virtue of having much stronger dungeon designs. Yeah, yeah, those dungeons are amazing. I mean, yeah. quite obviously, they are supposed to be RPGs from the start, but you can really tell yeah. where they got the formatting for, especially for the social sides. Yeah, and for a similar uh, hybridization, uh, Sakura Tyson, which Sakura Tyson is mostly adventure. Yeah, like there are RPG fights in it, but like if you've for for anyone who's never played Sakura Tyson. The, the structure is entirely like hours and hours of adventure game followed by one uh, RPG battle. Like, that is the structure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, PS2 title Abarimbo Princess was very much that, too. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think that had any sort of coverage in the US, so I had never heard of that until the very moment you said its name. <laughs> nope. It has not had any coverage in America. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, any good? <laughs> it was, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, stuff where... Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about the way that RPGs hybridize with other genres is that you will find... Uh, games that lean significantly more on the adventure or action or RPG parts of their uh, uh, of the uh, gestalt of genres that are being used to put them together uh, and you will find ones that are less so and it's interesting uh, to see the amount of emphasis on each genre that gets placed mm -hmm. but yeah uh, I, I would say any of the many things that are the progeny of uh, Sakura Tyson are the most unambiguously this is just an adventure game. Uh, isn't there a text adventure section in Nier? <laughs> yes, there is. Secretly an adventure game. Nier is just right. of everything. Yeah. I wish it was a better shooter because it wants to be a shooter a lot. <laughs> um, have you had a chance to play the remake? No, no, I haven't. I watched some people play it, and it looks very similar. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I'm, I'm not enough of a fan to pick that up for anything less than, like, heavily discounted. For anything more than heavy discounted, so... I haven't gotten around to Reincarnation. No, it's... Reincarnation's the phone game. Damn it. Uh... <laughs> Uh, near replicant square root of two. Is that what that number is? Yeah, that's, that's what, what that number is. 
That actually kind of annoys me. No wait, no wait. I think it's square root of one and a half. It's some, it's Why? some ridiculous number. Because of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, it's the square root of one and a half. Uh, and it's like the I remember, and I will stick to this. The second I saw that title announced, my first thought was, Nier fans have officially lost the right to make fun of Kingdom Hearts titles. Mm-hmm. That is as dumb or dumber than 358 Days Over 2. <laughs> which is also a title that is a map problem. Mm -hmm. but, I think it's worse yeah. than that, honestly. The 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 significant like the math problem of Kingdom Hearts is more immediately obvious and its significance is more immediately notable, whereas square root of one and a half is not it's not indic indic indicated by that it's just the full title is near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight one seven one three nine and then it trails off, uh, which is I mean. Square root of one and a half, almost assuredly an irrational number in some fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also just one of those things like, because you can, you're only going to know it if you have either tried looking at the square root of one and a half at some point, or someone told you that that's what it was. And its significance is almost null. It has almost nothing to do with what's happening. The only thing that it's referencing is theoretically it has some additional content in addition to what it was before. Now, what it indicates yeah. is that the uh, the designer just really likes stupid stuff. Yeah, nah, just, just thought it was fun, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, every time you do that super, it's terrifying looking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten around to near, near uh, square root of one. Uh... Here's one that I think we can all answer fairly quickly. Did anyone ever play those weird PC ports of console games, such as Sonic and Final Fantasy VII in the 90s? I, I actually played Final Fantasy VII first on the PC. Oh, wow. I had a friend who was like that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed I mean, like it was have... largely equivalent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was nothing really different about it. Yeah, I think it might have had some additional bugs, but it seemed like you could just, you could just play the game. So nothing, nothing too wrong with it. It had a weird box, from what I remember hearing. Yeah, those <laughs> weird Eidos yeah. boxes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. Published by the company they eventually bought. Yeah. Shaped like a trapezoid for some reason. What were you gonna say, Gaijin? About your initial experience? Uh, just, I was agreeing. It was a pretty common oddity for game boxes for a computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there was no standardization of what game boxes had to look like on PC, and that led to some choices. Uh, no, they were just mainly looking for what stands out on the Babbage's shelf. What stands out on the Babbage's shelf, and what will not cause the employees to be so pissed off at how we've done it that they won't actually put them on the table. Man, always, babbages, like, that brings me back. I always yeah. enjoyed the babbages. Except the only babbages I ever saw were long after they'd already been acquired by GameStop. Uh, my first ones were, the... first time I visited babbages was like 1996 or seven. Yeah, there used to be one in the local mall back home. Huh. It's actually where I picked up Shantae, or Shanti in, a, in the discount bin. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that, that's... There's an object that appreciated in value. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I sold it on eBay years later. Nice. Yeah. Or, um, I think I... It was like I've been watching the... The, um... The eBay sales for it, or just knows that the same guy was kept putting up a copy of it for three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so I'm just gonna start here, start bidding at fifty, and put a buy it now at two hundred. See what happens. And um, and then you lost two hundred dollars richer. <laughs> uh, according to the timestamp, it took all of sixteen minutes and forty six seconds for someone to hit buy it now. <laughs> oh, good job undercutting him. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I always do whenever I sell anything on eBay. Find the lowest price, undercut it, but usually <laughs> by a significant amount. No, I mean I just—it was the same guy um, offering it for the same amount every single time. Like he really had, wanted like, to get a specific amount before he was going to part with it. Yeah, I was like, obviously, I mean, this is over the course of six months. I was just randomly checking. So, yeah. Um, I mean, quite obviously, he was not selling it for that amount. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Actually, looking at what the current uh, going rate for a uh, Shante at this stage is, that's no one's ever going to actually uh, buy that, sir. Make an offer, open box, $6,699.99. No, uh, pass. I mean, you can just... Yeah, no one's uh, no one is ever going to pay that amount of money for it. Yeah. I mean, uh... You can just buy it on your Switch or PS4 or 5. Well, physical collectors are a different breed, but at the same time, yeah. uh, this person's selling a fairly uh, mint-looking uh, copy of the... Like, the, the bigger thing that's going to be fascinating is how much the limited run version appreciates in value. I don't think uh, it should it much, as much, because it was an open pre-order, and also they're doing a run at Best Buy. So there's going to be yeah, a ton of copies of give that. It, give it five years. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Too late, buddy. Uh, someone is offering a uh, loose cart. For $1,599 of the original print. <laughs> uh, I wish them luck, I guess. <laughs> that is a lot to ask anyone. Uh, I'm trying to find completed listings, because that's always more useful. But it's not always the easiest thing to find in eBay's... Uh, Set up. Mm. Whatever. It's it's. I, I find this kind of thing interesting, but it's terrifying. Uh, Nintendo Game Boy Color Shantae new in box. Uh, this is the original GBC version. This person is attempting to get eight thousand dollars for it. Godspeed. <laughs> I don't think that anyone keeping track of the Pink Floyd catalog would be able to tell what we were singing at this stage. Uh. Oh, sweet. Money. I don't actually know what the next lyric is. Crap. It's the thing. Thank you. 
I don't know a lot of them. Let's see, uh, to, to manually drag us back to the original question, uh, I actually had the PC versions of the Sonic games on uh, in the 90s. Uh, I don't remember why I had them, but Sonic 3 and Knuckles and Sonic 3D Blast on for, for Windows 95 were things that I owned. Uh, they're fine. They have different music for some reason. That's weird. They seem to be based on an earlier version of the soundtrack. Uh, I, I believe people looked this looked into this at some stage as to why this was the way that it was. But I mean, they were they were they were largely other than the music. Largely, they looked and played pretty much exactly like the. Uh, Genesis versions, if you had an equivalent enough PC, I mean, it's not exactly like you know, you need something to deal with 2D graphics, but that became pretty standard after a while, so uh, but like, yeah, uh, as long as you had something that made it so that uh, rapidly, uh, rapid tile and sprite drawing were not the fevered dreams of a madman. You could get a pretty equivalent experience. Even better in some cases, like uh, if you had Sonic CD, which I did not, but that was better than the Sega CD version. Uh, let's see. Um, and then you would get uh, things that were just arbitrarily weird and had like issues with them, like. Uh, but then they would have, like, like, FF8 is one of the ones that I think of, like, where it... PS1 version has analog movement, PS2... Uh, PC version does not, but PC version has uh, a little... Uh, had a little, like, mini executable for playing Chocobo World in the US version, as far as I was ever told, so... That's cute. <laughs> Couldn't play that on the PS1 version, because... The pocket station did not exist in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They were all ready to launch that in the U.S. at one point, and then I think they realized that Tamagotchis were dying around the time that they were interested in doing it. Oh well. Um, let's see. Uh, here's one sent uh, right down center plate for me. Anyone miss a turn-based martial art combat systems in games like Legend of Ligaia or Hybrid Hitman? Mm -hmm. uh, Legend of Ligaia is mostly the look of martial arts rather than the play. Like there, there is an interesting system of like you have you string together like specific combos based on like up, down, left, and right. But I mean, there's there's absolutely there's, there's very little to it. So, but it it, it was visually dynamic and and differentiation point on the PS1. Hybrid Heaven's a wild game. Very strange game. But since I'm thinking about eBay and Hybrid Heaven, I have to once again regale the world with the best eBay listing of a game I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Which was listed as copy of Hybrid Heaven, parentheses, I drew a mustache on it. <laughs> 
if you looked at the provided pictures, he had, in fact, drawn a mustache on the, like, cover of Hybrid Heaven. Uh, but the true, the true PS2 resistance for why this was beautiful was that it was for some reason listed as Mario Kart 64 in eBay's internal listings. Like it would categorize, it, like the eBay will categorize games, and it would categorize as Mario Kart 64, even though they had pictures of the cartridge and it was Hybrid Heaven. For anyone who doesn't remember what Hybrid Heaven was, Hybrid Heaven was a uh, action RPG made by. Konami for the N64. Uh, it's exceptionally strange. You gain moves by doing moves. Those moves are theoretically related to the moves you did, uh, and they turn into very strange, like wrestling moves over the course of the game, starting from like generic punches. Sweet. And the game itself is about you trying to stop an alien invasion. It's odd. Uh, Konami obviously never experimented with essentially any of the ideas in Hybrid Heaven again. But, uh, if you want to play something weird and still have an N64 lying around, uh, it's, it's there for you. If I actually had an, an Nintendo 64 working and lying around, I'd probably just go get one of those cheap copies of Ogre Battle 64 and replay that. You could be a person of lordly caliber. Yes, I could. Follow up on the March of the Black Queen. Yeah. March of the Black Queen. March of... Uh, let's see. El Toriante. Uh, well, let's cling together as we just go. Yeah. Let's, uh, oh, let's cling together. Yeah. Parentheses, tail to that. Um... Has there ever been a D&D game that captures the sheer brilliance breaking the game? Anyone remember Exploding Chicken? I don't remember what I that didn't. is. No, I don't, but I mean... Most game, I mean, games can only do what you program them to. And yeah. D&D players do things that nobody would ever expect to be programmed to. Yeah, also a lot of the true joy of breaking... A D and D game. Uh, a D and D game always ends up involving like someone found a splat book no one's ever heard of. Yeah, and some really weird um, rule interactions and something. And so then you end up somehow managing to have a cobalt sorcerer with literally infinite stats. Oh god. Yep. Bun bun. Bun bun. Yes. Bun bun. Yeah, that one, that one's a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's really pot. Like you can, you can make D and D based games that have some truly spectacular oversights. One of my personal favorites is uh, Knights of the Old Republic Two, which is based off of a variant of uh, the D and D three and a half rules. Uh, has a uh, accident, an accidental conversation loop that allows a dark side player to give uh, the uh, give one of their characters essentially infinite uh, intelligence and strength, but from different directions. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Because uh, like there's a there's a one of the, there's a dark side only character named Hanhar. 
that one of your options as a dark side character is to uh, get into a conversation that involves breaking his will. So that he's just like your like essentially uh, brainless slave. And what that's that's supposed to be like a conversation you do once and he loses two intelligence and gains two strength. And anyone who has ever seen how computers work even slightly knows where the problem lies when I tell you that, that conversation is loopable. Oh. So uh, you can raise his strength to regular like uh, levels it's never never supposed to reach uh, by it going up by two. And then you can, in the process, underflow his intelligence so that it goes way higher than it's ever supposed to go. Uh, which is, you know, a lot. Uh, hello to uh, Spangy Gamer and Vira IRL. Um, we know the best way to contact Wind. Uh, I can't say I would. Uh, if anyone here happens to know that, maybe uh, provide that information. But Let's see, will she still there? <laughs> that sounds like no. R.I.P. Or maybe it may. Okay, no, I can. See. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it's really possible to uh, capture the sheer madness uh, that a sufficiently determined uh, player and a sufficiently disinterested DM can have uh, in D and D in a computer realm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, theoretically you could, but your game system would probably be the holodeck. Yeah, it has to be, it would have to be controlled by something that can, like, actually react in real time. <laughs> yeah, and has the processing power to actually put up with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a few hundred years AI dungeon will hit that point. <laughs> oh, wheels is back. Yes, sorry, I had to go grab some water. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's one for a good old friend wheels. A combination of Dark Souls, but in, would you like to say that? Wait, what? A quote, Dark Souls, but in, end quote, would you like to see nice? Um, I mean, well, one of those was going to be. Final Fantasy. We're all already kind of getting that. Yeah. I was uh, expecting you to say uh, Mech Souls. Say what? Mech Souls. Uh, yes, that would be cool, actually. Dark, you I mean, like a Dark Souls-style game in a different franchise or something? That's an option, yeah. Uh, that's what Wheels was referencing with uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Um... Uh, um, Dark Souls and Iron Man. 
Because, I mean, he can punch everything over the horizon anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. just check something but yeah uh i think for my personal uh i'm sorry not request. to interrupt you but uh adventure time dark souls might actually be a cool thing that sounds like that. does it that mean that there's a lot of i think weird areas you can make from that series so it could be a pretty neat game Oh. Yeah. That one actually makes more sense than anything we've said so far. Uh, I am going to also bring up something that doesn't make any sense, just so it would make me laugh if it happened. Uh, Dark Souls meets uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi. <laughs> sure, I'm glad someone. Not? I'm glad that's a joke for someone. I don't know what that is. It, it means is, my summer vacation. Like, Take a guess. Oh, vacation <laughs> game. Oh, nice. It's like, yeah, it's like one step above like crossing Dark Souls with Animal Crossing. Yeah, there's very slightly more like game elements to Pokemonatia, like traditional game elements to Pokemonatia. But yeah, so, uh, uh, listen, it just crossed over with Crayon Shin Chan. Why can't it cross over with Dark Souls? Uh, even if it wasn't yeah. officially a crossover, it was just the same creative team. Millennium Kitchen. And they uh, did Doraemon and, um, and Harvest Moon. Story of so Seasons, I mean, yeah. Uh, that was that was a weird one. Wasn't there a story of seasons with like Popolo Croy at some stage? Yes, Popolo Croy. Yeah, Dude, put that in Dark Souls too. <laughs> Why? Actually, Why? I think Popolo Croy might actually fit with Dark Souls better. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean there was Popolo. Yeah, Popolo. Remember Popolo? That was a that was a choice. That come out in English? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. The only uh, Popo games to ever come out in English was a PSP compilation of the first two. Oh. Yeah, I think it was the first two, like, proper uh, ones, even though I think technically the second game was actually Popo Yeah, uh, those were that was a that was a weird combination to start with, and just getting weirder. Um, yeah, uh, for ideas that aren't some sort of vague shit posts, uh, my brain is fixated on that one time that there was a mystery dungeon Gundam game on Japanese cell phones. Make a 
<laughs> Gundam souls. Uh, that's not entirely a shitpost. Just kind an of. S SD Gundam souls. Oh, finally. That, 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 that's the only way to make it make sense in canon anyway. Yeah. That's the, that's like the one, that's like the final frontier of, uh, unlocalized Gundam in the US. Like, they've localized basically all of the, like, mainline TV shows in the OVAs. They've never touched, like, the, they they want they they tried selling one of the SD Gundams in the U.S. at one point, but like the the really like wild like this is SD Gundam, but it's also Romance of the Three Kingdoms. They've just never done that. Uh, uh, is it just me, or is Dave's voice going really weird right now? It might it might be me. Uh, it's you. Uh, so it's it's which me? me. Oh, okay. Is this me? Yes, just okay. you. Just gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, oh, no, I, I already have a weird voice. I was just hearing you in. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I was hearing you in stereo. Weird. As in like mismatched stereo. Weird. Okay. Uh, another one. Uh, this one's directly two wheels. Uh, oh boy! Hey, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, you sound dead. Um, yeah, I'm running out of steam here. Okay, we'll probably make this the last one then. No, uh, no we can do a few more. Okay, if you insist. Yep. You In the ask him directly. <laughs> In the annals of roguelike, where does Baroque stand? Did you ever play Baroque? I have not played Baroque. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get back to you Is on that, that one. Weird one. Isn't that the weird one where, like... Every NPC in the game would just randomly lie to you about stuff, or not tell you exactly what the conditions for progress were, or and it'd be things like throw the ball in this one hoop to progress, or die at this one spot to progress. That's possible. I don't know. Uh, I know it's an action RPG, and it was made by Sting. I, I may be thinking of a yeah. completely different game. Than I think it is with sting like yeah this was a this was a sting game which is i assume why uh it was posed to you as a question yeah it's one of the few i have not played don't worry though it's I'm on switch really now <laughs> is it not in english though, right? uh let me check i'm not seeing like it's a uh, wikipedia is claiming that it was released on switch in 2020 uh, let me see if I can find anything about whether that ever happened in English. Okay, yeah, it seems to have only happened in Japan. But maybe one day we'll start seeing those Sting games come to the U.S. They've been putting a lot of their games on Switch. Where's, uh... Yeah, I feel like there was like actually a recent one that was actually given a U.S. announcement, but I'm not sure. Oh well, I don't know. Was it like Blaze Union, maybe? Maybe. Uh. Okay. No, it was Gloria Union. It lo looks like. 
Department of Heaven Force. Nuclear Union spinoff, Gloria Union. But I think one of, at least one of these I feel like actually was uh, announced for a US release at some stage. But yeah, it, it seems like the, the big issue I think at this stage is that a lot of the old Sting games were localized by Atlas, who's now part of Sega, and much less prone to localizing games by other companies. Yeah. So they would have to get an, either get, obtain the rights to those localizations or get another company to do a new localization, both of which sound outside of Sting's traditional budget at this stage. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, can't say I ever played Baroque, uh, but it, hey, it was released on Sega Saturn, so Wheels loves it. I do. Big fan. Better than any game on the Dreamcast. Wow. Except, except Grandia 2. Can't say it's Arcadia. Uh, TBD. Don't make me. Um, in any case, uh... Need to get back to that actually. I was having having a ball, but me and my attention deficits. Um, let's see. Let's see. For all the horror workplace stories that I have heard, doesn't it feel like no one has ever been happy? Has ever been happy when developing a live service game? Uh, a live service really game means that you're never. Is, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, support support the Activision walkout. Um, yeah. Yes. But uh, that's not totally relevant because they don't make only live service games. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. No. But just in general. Yeah, like, yes. In terms I of agreed. General. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, as a general thing, though. Um, Being on a live service game means that you're essentially always in front. Uh, and that's yeah. why you always hear, like, the most brutal horror stories about live service games. Because it's just like... Uh, so we ship that, and now it's time to work on... Like, there is always something that needs to be done yeah. yesterday. Yeah, and I, uh, I remember last year a big story being one of them. I don't remember which. It may have been Fortnite. Something about how they were going to try and not do that anymore <laughs> she tells Fortnite you that... was the one that got in the news for doing it in the first place although i'm pretty sure that every live service game does it to yeah. some greater or lesser extent but i so they would be the ones that would have the most to gain by gain by claiming that they were going to stop but uh guess we'll see i'd have to go looking yeah. uh but yeah like the the big problem is that a live anything that's never done is always going to be hellish for people working on it. Yeah. You get people addicted to that content train at a certain pace, and then you just kind of have to keep it up. Yeah, and, and part of the way that people get addicted, that they get people addicted to the content train, is making sure that there's always new content. Yeah. Here's new skins. Here's new quests. Here's new like raids, dungeons, whatever. Like. That's that's the grind. The grind is not just the players. The grind is the developers. I think actually the way the Fortnite cut back on that was now they rotate skins like every single day. 
So it's like, oh, this one's here now. Who knows when it'll be there again? And most of them yeah. are not new, in fact. So I think they've kind of cut back a bit on how much. Yeah, new as much stuff as I hate like that kind of like FOMO stuff. At the very least, like you can, as long as they don't just say, "Well, if you don't see it now, you'll never get it." Then yeah. like it's like, oh, well. I mean, at least they're using yeah. that to help the developers on some level i mean even then i will i will take that kind of release over this is a limitine only and you have a chance to get it in this pack that you can buy oh yeah if they're not doing gotcha then i feel much less like oh yeah fuck you about it no they don't do gotcha it's it's always okay, yeah. here's a thing you can buy it okay yeah that's, they're... that's acceptable that's we could have a yeah running a shop we could have a separate discussion about how they're really expensive, but yeah. Uh, but that also is like down to the individual to decide what's too expensive, and like yeah. there's degrees of like, if you want to spend that much, it's not my prerogative to tell you not to. I'll tell you that I think it's dumb, but I can't tell you to stop. Yeah, that's kind of the the thing is that you need just you gotta gotta fill the content void like there's a reason we don't talk about like I, like one of the reasons that people have started adapted to just calling something content rather than something more specific is that specificity is not what especially a lot of media looks for these days it's about like fulfilling like the schedule of how people consume like the the end point of that attitude is that it no longer is like you're producing something specific you're producing content uh, that's that's a more broad philosophical question yeah um, actually it kind of reminds me of um the movie dream girls where they had a conversation oh, yeah. about product mm-hmm and but how is like um, yeah they're not sell not selling the singer they're selling the product yeah and that's that's kind of become what a lot of media is at this stage I'm not really about it trying to present anything to anything yeah it's uh, well, it's a little depressing <laughs> a lot yeah yeah. Uh, what you gonna do? Um, um, okay. Well, it looks like I got one last question that I can actually answer. Yeah, you seem very suited to this. Okay. For games based on actual periods in Japanese history, which one takes place the earliest? Is there anything taking place before the Nara era? That said, how much does the Jap how much do the Japanese people know about their BCE history? Um, well, to take the last part first, there is a general knowledge of, or actually, it's a pretty good idea of how people lived um, over two thousand years ago. Just because they've got ruins all over the place that they keep digging up every time they build new city sections. Um, and so it's, I mean, we have a very good picture of what life was like in the Jomon period or the Yayoi period or the Kofun period. 
Um, however, um, I mean, actual written chronicles in Japan date back to the 7th century because that's when Japan got a writing system. Which is why we suddenly start seeing more idea of what was actually happening politically there. <laughs> yes. So, um, before the Nara period, what you have is um, this kind of little peculiarity to the history of various nations, including Japan, Hawaii, and Ireland, where at, there's a certain point where the known history of the island suddenly and quickly merges into the mythic history of the island. Yeah. Um, and, there's, and there's no real attempt to disambiguate the two, other than saying, yeah... yeah there probably weren't actually divine beings walking around, but this is the history, literally. Yeah, because, I mean, like, there's not anything to replace it with. Exactly. Um, so, to answer your question, the answer is probably God Wars. <laughs> um, yeah. Just because that is based on a Kofun period sort of culture, of culture and um, clothing style. Mm -hmm. And it features the primary deities of Shinto in a period where they would have been walking around the earth, which would probably have been about 2,000 years ago, mm -hmm. um, if they actually ever did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. See, God Wars would have to be the answer there, and nothing else would actually work at an earlier point. Yeah, you're, you're while, getting while into some, like... Definitively Japanese. Yeah, you're getting into some stuff that's, like deep into uh, like how much of even the, the myths of the Jomon period survived. Well, I mean, all the myths of the Jomon period survived. They became Shinto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, obviously without any written records, it's impossible to tell exactly how things evolved, but it's That's pretty like likely the Shinto that... Shinto is the earthly remnant of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jomon evolved into Kofun. Kofun uh, went directly into the Yamato um, culture and Nara. Mm -hmm. So um, Yamato, that's a that's a very uh, very important word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure if that's the correct word to use, but it's just the one I usually use as a shorthand to mean the consolidation of the Japanese Shinto traditions into a single solar cult. Mm -hmm. Or the emperor. Um, Here comes the sun king. Wait, now different. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, everything that you find in the Kojiki. I mean, the Kojiki is like the earliest literary source in Japanese, literally, mm -hmm. to the point where the original text did not have hiragana. Yeah. So, that is the best resource you could have for anything um, pre-Nara in Japan. Because it basically is. All the pre-Nara stuff that was actually just written down. And again, that's pretty much the source material for God Wars. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's the best answer and definitely an answer that you could give that neither neither me nor Wheels would be even close to if we're all fight together. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, obviously, there are tons and tons that are based on the Sengoku period. Um, there's quite a few set at various points in the Edo period. There are a couple I know of set during the Bakamatsu. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Yakuza Ichin. Yeah. 
Or you could cut off a Kuishi. Yeah. Just all sorts of random things like that. Uh, I know a couple set in Taisho. Hmm. A Taisho Mononoke Ibun Roku, which I think I mentioned before looks looks vaguely similar to Demon Slayer in style. Just yeah. because it's very much the same clothing culture. I think the Raido game, the first Raido game might be in the Taisho era as well. Uh, the first Raido game is technically in the Taisho period because it's working on an alternative timeline where the Taisho Emperor did not die ten years previously. Oh, um, okay, that's what it was. I knew that there was something yeah, weird the, about it. The first Raido <laughs> game is very much set, I mean, it's supposedly Taisho, but it's basically set it's in all the history. early... Um, the early Showa period, mm-hmm. um, during the uh, the time of the competing military juntas. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I mean that's an actual plot point of the game yeah. is that the army and the navy are um, conspiring against each other to try and um, gain better control of the government in what mm-hmm. would have been the lead up to World War Two. Yeah. So. And now that I think about it, I guess. Uh... The aforesaid Great Ace Attorney Chronicles would technically be Meiji era. Uh, which, um, set before 1907? Yeah. Okay, yes, Meiji. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, just, just a little checking. I'm pretty sure it's pre-1907. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting like those those uh, more directly delineated eras that people can reckon history with in Japan that we don't really have like the U.S. It's like well, part of the calendar system is like who was the emperor at that point, so. It makes it much easier to have like a very delineated idea of what era something is. Yeah. Especially with the last five emperors where you can point to a specific reign or a specific section of a reign and have a yeah. very good idea of what the national culture was like for that decade. Hmm. We're in like what, year two or three of Reiwa? Three. Okay, three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which, granted, Reiwa has not been too different from Heisei, late Heisei. I shouldn't really point, surprise but... anyone at this stage. Yeah. The uh, political That's movers and shakers didn't really change. Thing. That's yeah. not really a bad thing. Um... Yeah, uh, Wheels is dying, so I feel like probably start. You're dying. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I should be case. okay. I'm playing something more shootery now, and that'll keep me awake. You say that a lot, and it almost is never true. It's your you opinion, man. It's like your opinion, man. It is my opinion, actually, but uh, I think my opinion that counts for something wrong. here. Yeah. 
Okay, true. But, uh, thanks once again to Fireminer for all the lovely questions, but we have a plug-in to do. Oh, yeah, so we have a plug to do, and I have a book coming out on Sunday. Huzzah! Yeah. Huzzah! So it's Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, uh, paperback volume number four. Is Again. coming out in, on August first. The ebook is technically the ebook is not a numbered episode, just because it is um, technically a side story. Mm -hmm. I borrowed the word paralogue just for fun, because <laughs> um, I mean ap apparently normally paralogue is not applied to literature, but it has been adapted for like Fire Emblem games. Yeah, so Fire Emblem like side. Yeah, like side side battles and firearms are off paralogues. So. Which is a, apparently a misuse of the word because paralog is actually has to do with the field of genetics. <laughs> that surprised me. Yeah, it, it although it almost it almost makes sense in the context of like it almost makes sense in the context of Fire Emblem Awakening, which is usually where you got the kids. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so um, but yeah, here paralog is means it's not. I mean, it's not pro. It's not epi. It is alongside the main story. Yeah. Um, just because literally two thirds of the cast got reminded that hey, they've got summer camp the next week, and they are going to go because their mothers paid for it. Do you understand? So um, <laughs> they don't really have a choice. Um, so while everyone else is actually still having a game for episode ten that week. Um, they are stuck at summer camp with a b couple of source books and some dice. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yep, and a fairly relaxed attitude by the camp counselors as to what they do in their free time. And does one of them find uh, another girl at camp that looks just like her and surprise it's her twin? No. But okay. I also did not like that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Any, I did not really like any version of that movie. And it happened a number of times. Yes. Um, but no. No, no, uh, no surprise twins. Um, I do want... Oh, God. Yeah, it was like... Um, um, but yeah, the, uh, the summer camp counselors are quite happy to have at least one cabin that is willing to entertain itself and not cause too much drama for everyone else. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like what the counselor would be hoping for. <laughs> yeah, um, and just for fun, there's like um, there's um, they get the, all the uh, different cabins are invited to do a performance for Thursday night at a, like the last night of camp. And um, as I mentioned, the afterward for the book, I among various things I was not actually intending to do when I started this book was five thousand words of improvised. Um, junior high school uh, amateur drama hour. Um, but things happen. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. As long as you have satisfaction in doing it, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to oh, yeah, bring up I... that you have... Oh, God. Oh, what? Yes? Uh, I was just going to say that you, you have unlocked in my brain the capacity to understand why the DLC chapters in Fire Emblem games were called Xenologs. <laughs> which is a gene spliced in from another species. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Okay. 
But yeah, so uh, Princesses yeah. of the Pizza Parlor, um, episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, side quests 1 and 2, and soon to be one really honkin' long paralogue, are all available for ebook. Um, let's see, there are also three collections of episodes and side quests, plus the aforementioned really honkin' long paralogue, um, <laughs> available for, for a paperback. Yeah, I'm not joking here, is... I mean, normally I, I do these, I write these things episodically, and I just put them together as a convenient matter of convenience for the paperback edition. So it's like usually, I, I mean, I decide like three episodes, maybe a side quest per paperback, and the paralogue ended up being seven episodes worth of material. It didn't make so, sense to split it up, so. It, it would not have worked at all being split up, which is why it's close to 160,000 words long. Okay, that's terrifying, which, but it worked. <laughs> which which makes it officially like thirty-five to forty no, about thirty-five percent of the total word count of the series to date. <laughs> yes. That's findable if you go looking for Michael Yadi Misu. Yes, Yadi Misu. Y A R I M I Z U. So, so much easier to Google. <laughs> Not a and, lot of mics with right. that name. <laughs> yep, and still and forever thankful to my in-laws for saying go, uh, go ahead when I asked if I could use the name. <laughs> so, very kind. Yes, it was very very nice of them. Yeah, I remember the period where my brother was in Japan. Uh, I wish he could find this, but. Uh... I wish that I remember he once explained to me what these were, but I've long since forgotten. But like he met a Japanese man who like essentially was in was interested in enough and bored enough to make uh, to make like a essentially uh, stamp uh, of our last name with kanji that he had selected for it. Oh, cool. Which was very kind, but uh, I wish he could find that stamp, but I don't know where what became of it. Let's see. McBurney? Yeah. I have no idea which kanji he would use. Yeah, apparently. I, I have no idea what that process looked like. I'm very jealous that my brother got to even look into the mind of someone who would do that. But <laughs> um, I mean... If it was just a regular income, then I'd say probably they just chose one syllable out of your name and got one kanji to fit that. Quite possible, but still yeah. fascinating. Like, yeah, I mean, like I had a uh, a guy I knew who was from Venezuela, um, and uh, he his regular um, stamp had a single kanji on it because mm -hmm. his his family name was Collado, which could actually work in Japanese. Yeah, that's that's very pronounceable in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you could choose the kanji that means like small lodging, <laughs> and it would it would not be a normal Japanese surname, but it looks like it could be one. Yeah, it looks like it might just be one you've never heard of. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there are plenty. I mean, I've seen, I've, I've found a few new interesting ones over the last month or so. But yes, yeah, so his his inkan has the kanji yado on it. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like that's that's kind of the thing with names is that like they're old so and they're not a lot of them are not used in standard japanese anymore so it's really hard to just say like you just made that like you just picked that because it's like well it's, 
This might just be really old. <laughs> nah, I mean, the names themselves tend not to be too obviously yeah. weird. Uh, and yeah. and even some, I mean, there aren't that many named kanji that have multiple old versions. There are a few. That's true. Um, I, I know like three different ways to write Watanabe. <laughs> uh, um, mostly with a different bay, occasionally with a different wata. There's a couple versions of Hamada or just the Hama. Mm -hmm. uh, part of Hamada or Hamaza or others. And um, I know three different ways to write Tatsu for a name in Japanese. Oh, yeah. Two of them dragon. <laughs> of One course. of them standing. <laughs> and no, there is there is a section of my city called Tatsuda or Tatsudayama where it's written with the stand kanji. Uh -huh. But depending on where you go in that town area, you will find three different spellings in kanji for this name. <laughs> for this place name. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the offhand, I can think of maybe a dozen kanji that have old versions stuck in the language just through names. Yeah. I can think of one or two that have multiple old kanji stuck for the names. Uh, Shima, actually. Shima, I've seen three different mm. kanji for Shima Island. Um, and a few, I can think of maybe two or three instances where there is a reasonably middling common name that has some very strange alternative um, kanji combinations. Most of them made up. Uh, by someone about 150 years ago with more t too much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like, I, I think one of the the uh, classic ones is Takanashi, mm -hmm. which in most writings means, like, high hair tree. Yeah. But can, um, but somebody decide, you know what, that also sounds like there are no hawks. Takanashi. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that version. Yeah, um, I've looked it up. It's a real name. There's maybe 50 people in the country that have it. <laughs> According to the, the surname site I was looking up. But there's another name called uh, Watanuki. Yeah. Which is, um, I mean, the usual kanji just means like take off or remove the cotton clothing. Yeah. Um, it refers to um, a time usually around the start of May or um, which is like around the with start your winter of clothes, the basically. Calendar. Uh, it's like when people put away the old the the uh, cooler weather clothes, uh, mm -hmm. and since that's usually around the first of the first day of the fourth month of the old calendar, which is in May mm -hmm. in Gregorian and in yeah, um, I know one person who, with the name Watanuki whose name is actually spelled with the kanji Shigatsu Tsuitachi, um, April first. Ah. Uh. Uh. Because that is the time where you put, that is the date when you put the clothes away. <laughs> and I'm like, first time I saw this kid in class and saw his name, I had to take him aside to the start and say, please, how do you pronounce your name? Please, I, it's not clear from when I'm looking at it. <laughs> because it is very obviously not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, my wife's family name is got at least two different writings as well. 
So maybe three. Always fun. Yeah. But it's also fairly rare outside of north central Kyushu. Regional name. <laughs> Very regional. Yeah, Japan gets those. But yeah. yeah, again, okay, back to the plug. Michael Yadimizu, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Please check it out. New book coming in. Have fun. Um, give it please a nice like. So give give it a like. Uh, write a little review or something, please. Um, I, I try not to dwell too much on my review numbers because I do not feel like getting depressed, but I do not have a lot of reviews. Or rate or ratings. Yeah, so or, if you give it a if you give it a read, maybe give it a nice rating. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, you'll you'll see advice on writing websites like, yeah, once you get over this number of reviews, your uh, things start taking off. I'm like, that's never gonna happen. Not at this rate. Not at this rate, no. And um, it's a catch twenty two of oh, reviews help get attention, and attention gets you reviews, and it's like. Maybe one in a hundred people actually give a review, and I'm like, it's currently one in a thousand, but thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Give, give yeah. it a look. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Wheels. Yes. Is that. Uh, nope. You, nope. Wheels does streams on Sunday nights. Uh, around midnight, technically maybe Monday mornings, around midnight Eastern. Uh, And he's been trapped on the same boss in Neptunia for three weeks. We will not stop making fun of him for it. Uh, You know, uh, come along. uh, Join the fun. Uh, Mock wheels with me. Mm -hmm. There's always room in that uh, that particular bandwagon. Uh... Questions. They happen sometimes. Thank you again, Fireminer, for providing our questions this week. We have many, many more to get through, and we hope to get through them in a fashion that does not uh, that ends up being interesting and satisfying. But uh, if you want to also contribute questions, you can contribute them in the Discord in the podcast section, or you can contribute them uh, on the site when it's up. Uh, it's been having some. It's been a little dicey the past week or so, but it should be uh, back up to speed soon enough. Uh, in the comments section under these episodes. We'll try to keep track of them. Uh, I always like uh, getting questions. Everyone's got uh, good perspectives that we like to hear what they're interested in. And any chance that I get to just ruminate on a subject is something I relish. So, uh, you know, you'll be making me happy. And I know that's a problem, but still. Um, Otherwise, I think that's all our plugs. Probably. It sounds like there ever was to beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro Diglett, Nidoran, Mankey, Venusaur, Tata, Firo, Pinty, Sea King, Jolteon, Dragonite, Gasly, Pony Tower, Boreon, Polyrath, Butterfree. Catch him, catch him, gotta catch them all. Pokemon! I'll search across the land. 